research methods. Hello and welcome to the Research Methods Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogristov. We continue with our mini-series on biases in research, and today we continue to talk about biases on the side of a researcher. Today I'm going to talk with you about one of the most popular and one of the most prominent biases, which is the sample selection bias. As you understand, we have two main concepts with which we work during the research. It is the population and the sample. In the event of a population, we assume all those people or all those objects which are relevant for our investigation. For example, if you would like to investigate what is the impact of a new class on your students, then your population are all the students who attend your class. If you would like to make a statement about the information systems in small and medium-sized enterprises, then your population are all small and medium-sized enterprises in a specific region which you would like to talk about. And if you would like to talk about all small and medium-sized enterprises worldwide, then your population are all firms, small and medium-sized firms worldwide. As usually, we cannot address the whole population because of the resources limitations and we seldom have so much time and money to investigate all members of the population who work with a sample. If we talk about the population of your students, and these are only 50 students, then theoretically you can talk to each of them and find out what they think about your class. If we talk about students in general, then of course we cannot talk to all the students worldwide. We have to focus on a specific region, maybe, maybe on those students whom we manage to attract. And in this event, we create a sample. We create a hopefully representative sample from your population, let's say two, three, four hundred people. It depends on your research question and the method you're using. And if the sample is created correctly, then we can generalize from our finding from the sample to the whole population. Creating the correct sample is very hard and there are specific methods and I don't want to talk about this in this episode because you should better read a chapter on sample creation on sampling in any book on research methods. There's almost always a chapter dedicated to sampling questions. I'm going to talk about the sample selection bias and in the event of a sample selection bias we assume that if you select your sample in a wrong way, then you will find very skewed results. And I'm going to give you some examples when the sample selection has impact on research. Only recently we had with our students a project where they had to work with partners from real economy and they had to investigate the kind of question they received from this partner. And this partner is the chain of hotels in Austria, in Tyrol, and they ask different teams of students to investigate different aspects of their strategy, of their operations, and so on. And in one of the investigations, students send the link, the questionnaire they developed to, of course, to their peers. They posted the link on their social network, on Facebook, Instagram, and whatever they, they were using. And, of course, they received some answers, but these answers were very surprising 
because the usual target group of this hotel, this specific program they were working on, were the pensioners, so those who are retired, people of 65 plus years who decide to visit this hotel. And if you ask the question, let's say, what form of advertisement you would like to have, should it be on YouTube or should it be on Instagram, and you ask this question not by pensioners, but you ask these questions by the students, then the answers will be completely different. Many pensioners, at least in Austria, they are not really using all the social network, especially the new one like TikTok or Instagram. This is one of the examples how the selection of the sample can bias the whole results. And after those students ran the same study with older people, then they found out that actually it went in the direction which we assumed and there were big discrepancies between different age groups. The same can be found also in other studies. For instance, in one of my studies where we investigated the relational models in Germany and in Ukraine, we ran the questionnaire in Germany and respectively in Ukraine, and we found that the results in Germany were not homogeneous, they were pretty different. And then we found out that mostly when we sent the questionnaire, it landed in the western part of Germany. But what we know, the relational models are influenced by the cultural inheritance and those citizens who live in the Eastern Germany, the old GDR, they could have different preferences with regard to relational models. And after we looked for this difference between the Eastern Germany and Western Germany, then we found that there are indeed significant differences. And that those who are from the Eastern Germany and those who are from the West of Germany, they prefer different relational models. We didn't know that, and in this case, this sample selection bias was unintended. We just sent the questionnaire to the list of firms which we collected, maybe a coincidence, but we had a list of firms which were mostly from western part of Germany. As you can imagine, the sample selection bias can also be intended. For example, if one of the consultants, one of the firms, would like to sell some specific results and show that the results hold, they may deliberately select the wrong sample. Next time, if you make a research, think again whom you're going to talk to and how you create your sample based on your population. There are different methods for sampling, there's probability and non-probability samplings. Please go through all of them in detail before you start collecting your data. I wish you all the best, I hope it was helpful. Good luck with your research. Bye-bye.